to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. All right, today we have a super special guest. We have Dr. Brandeis Marshall. She hails from the west side of Akron, Ohio. Personally, <laughs> she is one of my favorite people to follow on LinkedIn and Twitter. In- yes, and Twitter, <laughs> definitely. And her work is about the impact of data and data practices on technology and society. That's like a general umbrella. And she contributes to data engineering, data science computer science, education fields, all sorts of things. She also authors really cool articles on Medium that I'm about to make my students read when I the next time I have to teach my computers in modern society class. So things like, how are you so easy to find on the internet? Are you okay with imperfect algorithms and word clouds? Recognizing the standard discrimination in data sets. So she's been killing it in Medium. You know, she's been killing it for these past few months. She is currently a professor of computer science at Spelman College. College, and she was the former chair of computer and information sciences at Spelman College. She's also been an assistant professor and associate pro- professor at Purdue University. She's a faculty associate at Harvard University in the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society. In case you're wondering about where she went to school, she received her Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from University of Rochester and her Master's and PhD in Computer Science from RPI or Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. If that was not enough, (laughs) she is a race and tech practitioner fellow at the Stanford Center on Philanthropy and Civil Society. Other things she got going on because she's not busy enough. She is the CEO, the chief executive officer of Data edX Group. And this takes you from being overwhelmed by data to being very clear about your data. So that group assists professionals and practitioners on integrating equity into their data practices. They lay out how discrimination in data is made and they identify ways to cope and intervention strategies. If that was not also enough, in October, the first and the second, she is going to have a whole conference, a two-day forum for Black women called the Black Women in Data Group. Mm. And they are going to plan their next career move in the data industry by hearing from data expert speakers, uh, expand their data skills, learn current equitable data practices, and much more. So we will link to that um, if you're interested. And she runs the Rebel Tech newsletter. She got a book coming out. (laughs) (laughs) She It's called 
dog data conscious algorithmic seeds on our humanity and that's coming out in september of 2022 so brandy before you do anything else i'm gonna just end the welcome here before you start doing more stuff that i gotta talk about take a deep breath (laughs) celebrate all of that gloriousness yes yes welcome thank you for taking the time out of your super busy schedule to be with us today oh no sis this this is awesome because you're letting me procrastinate um, <laughs> on editing that book that's coming out in September. Uh-oh. So appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Before we get into all of the things that you're doing with data science, all those wonderful things, yeah. uh, I wanted to first talk about how the three of us, you know, got to know each other even more. So um, a while back, we were all affiliated with IMCS, which is the Institute for African American Mentoring and Computer Sciences. I thought I was going to get one of the words in the wrong order. You, you did. Well, you said computer sciences, computing, computing. computing. Sciences. Yes. sciences. Yeah, so we had a conference called NSBIC, which is the National Society of Blacks in Computing. And Brandy, Jeremy, and I, we worked so hard on that conference. And we were definitely like, and none of us had. I, I don't still think... don't know why I was there. Okay. Uh, you were the IMCS project manager, ma'am. No, I wasn't. Not at that time. Oh, yeah. The first time you were not I that is true the so first year you were not the first year it was like what it, what are we doing i was like i'm i'm doing what now someone right. voluntold me for something yes everybody <laughs> was voluntold i voluntold and i was like kyla um <laughs> excuse me um who, but you know how? i was just looking back you made the whole app for the program like yes. yeah you did a lot like despite being super super busy like we had a lot going on. We made it through. We are alive. People literally to this day are emailing asking if they can get access to people from Nesbitt. Oh, like, really? Literally this yeah. week. So. I still wear the shirt because I was like, I wear hard for this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear this V-neck t-shirt. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm always wearing... about a good V-neck. <laughs> Give me that V-neck t-shirt. Yes. Oh, Lord. No one needs a round neck. Everyone no. needs a V-neck. It's so V-neck. comfortable. It's so comfortable. Yes. So nice. But yes, that's how we met. I remember us having conversations about tea or coffee. Are you a tea yes. person or a coffee person? <laughs> we had a whole 20 minute conversation yes, and I over the phone. We did. We were venting about something Hilarious. else. And I was like, I'm sitting there making tea. And I was like, do you like tea or coffee? It was just a random conversation. <laughs> right. just so, but it's those like random moments, though, where you get to know people outside of just like, oh, I work with you. We're doing yeah. this project together. You really get to bond with folks. And I know you were definitely a huge mentor for one of my good, good friends, Dr. Wokedi Dika at Purdue as well. Wokedi. So I was like, what's up right his shout out count is up to two now so amber shouted him out that's true yep 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 i read his dissertation too many times oh wow that's real mentoring oh yeah it was deep it was deep i was like no you're going to get out (laughs) right (laughs) i do not need to be on your committee you need to get out Oh, wow. I didn't even know you weren't on this committee. Like you no. were just, oh, wow. It was yeah, just on the side. Mentorship. Oh, yeah. I was just on the side. Um, yeah. The whole story behind that was um, I was not allowed to be on his committee. Mm, so wow. I was blocked from being on his committee because I was a postdoc. And then I became an oh, assistant professor okay. in a different department other than computer science at Purdue. 
So then it became a interesting, my, my first real introduction in academia on turf wars. And mm. um, I was like, that's okay, with Katie, that's okay. You can come by and see me, but I'll, yep. I'll help you out. Don't worry about it. Let's keep it rolling. Hashtag secret mentors. Exactly. <laughs> we need like, to make listen, that a thing. <laughs> we'll just do this in the shadows, whatever. Yep. And he was trying to get a paper published, and that mm-hmm. was an issue. And I was like, go ahead, publish it. Well, I'm going to put your name on he it. He published okay, it fine. without his advisor. <laughs> he published one without his advisor. Like, yep. oh, you're not going to mentor me? The field will mentor me. Here's yeah. this paper. <laughs> I, my first paper actually was without my advisor in solo. Wow. Back in 2005, the IRI conference. Because I, mean, I sometimes couldn't you gotta get, let them know. Listen, I was like, I need to get published, and I've been in grad school for five years. Listen, so you know what? Let's talk about it. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I, I know this is an unusual trajectory, but let's go. Let's let's do it. I told y'all, no. I'm just gonna start talking. You said hey, I, I want us to let's go back to the very beginning <laughs> okay. of time. Yes, in your life. Well, but we're gonna so, end up back here, though. Oh, we gotta get back here. <laughs> so I gotta start us where we need to start, so we can get there. Yes, yes, um, please. I. Did you have any, like, early influences in, like, science and engineering, computer science that, like, helped you get in the trajectory that you're on today? Um, my earliest computer science thing was actually high school when mm-hmm. I got a C++ book, and I was the only girl <laughs> that wanted to figure it out. Wow. And even the, com- the computer um, teacher Mm-hmm. didn't know anything. It was like, here's the book. Have fun. Go for it. Not the computer <laughs> teacher in Akron, Ohio. No, this was actually, I went to I went to school in Shaker Heights, so halfway brown. Okay. And that person didn't know anything about coding, didn't know anything about computer science. And so I just did but it all they said, here's own. a book. Wow. Here's a book, so figure weird. it out. So that's what I tried to do. I didn't get very far, obviously, because I didn't understand anything. Um, but actually, I would have to give a nod to my mom. Because as a kid, what I remember is rolling coins. Oh, yeah. I used to have to do that. Yeah. So Me for, too. For, yeah. So <laughs> people of a certain age understand what this means of rolling coins. When you, yeah, they don't know what change is. They don't know what days. change is. They don't understand that nickel, mm-hmm. that dime to go in there and get that candy. Yes. They don't understand yes. what the real need was was for change Understood. when you were a yes. kid because you needed to get changed so you could get your candy on so anyway I needed mm-hmm. to so <laughs> my mother would have a big welch's jar as most black <laughs> mothers did <laughs> <laughs> and you put all your change in there and then like yeah. once in a while you dump it out and you separate all of the coins you then put the get roll the pennies roll the dimes roll the nickels you have a nice little book for the quarters and you do all those things and you go to the bank you learn stuff so that's what I remember as being my first introduction into being comfortable with money and being Mm -hmm. comfortable with numbers and counting and math Mm -hmm. so by the time I got in school math was cool because it was like okay I'm basically (laughs) counting coins right like I'm counting as a hobby Make sure I got it all. Yep. Right. And that's yeah. what, that's where it really started. So my biggest influence has to be my mother. Um, and then fast forward to high school was when I got this computer science coding book, C++, and then tried to figure that out. Decided I needed a trajectory in order to get a job because I wasn't going to go to college mm-hmm. and be like in college for like five plus years. 
I wasn't going to do that. And not knowing. Right. Right. I wanted to be, you know, out in four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wanted to. expensive. Expensive. <laughs> um, super expensive. And I'm the only P in my parents' pod. Aww. I'm an only child. So I was like, I can't be just in college forever. I need to make sure mm-hmm. that I have a plan. And so my plan was computer science because it was applied math to me. Um, and it was creative and I could make money. I love that you said it was creative. Yeah. Because <laughs> I took a, a class in like middle school that was like, I'm pretty sure it was like visual basic or something like that. And like, I was like, I hate it here. Like, <laughs> what is this nonsense? I was, I just had no interest in it whatsoever. Cause I felt like it wasn't as creative. And I think like, now that I know what I know about computing, there's so much you can do with that skill. Yeah. You can make it something that's very creative. You don't have to. Right? Yeah. If that's not your jam. Like you can just do straight numbers and letters and characters. And keep it and moving. Done. Yeah. But for but... me, it was, I love dance. So I've been dancing ever since I was four, I think. My mother has I to tell you because I don't know. <laughs> but I was like four. Um, so my, mother, my, my parents put me in dance when I was four. And so I love dancing. But I am a people McNugget, vertically challenged. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, a people McNugget. I'm done. <laughs> I have never in my lifetime heard someone say that. And so being a professional dancer wasn't something that was going to be in my plan. (laughs) It was just something for fun. Um, And so I immediately saw, well, what happens if I were to choreograph using code? And Mm -hmm. so initially that was my thought was. Whose brain thinks that? That is so, I mean, it's just so different, right? Like, I don't think people think that way, but that is so cool. That's what I wanted to do ultimately. So I wanted to go into anything visual, anything that was human computer interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I went, so math couldn't do that, Mm -hmm. but computer science could. And that's where I was enticed in order to figure out a way in order to make what I wanted. I never got there. I just dance yeah. because I like dancing. But now today, you know, umpteen years later, I see how people are using computing in the humanities and the arts. That's like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course, we want to have this code actually do something impactful and powerful and helpful and not and always and beautiful and yeah. engaging and yeah, enlightening all that. And, yeah. and all of those things. And so that has been, um, the reason why I gravitated, I think, toward computer science, because I saw it as a way in order to blend my two loves, which was math and dance. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That that makes so much sense, though, because but I feel like most people, when they learn about like what computing is or what computer science is, they don't make those connections that, oh, this is also something that can be creative. So Um, did you do any sort of like internships or anything where you got to exercise that creative muscle even more? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. How did did you get to Rochester? Yeah. How did you get to Rochester? How did I get to Rochester? Okay. So I had criteria for college. Um, (laughs) (laughs) number one, it had to be paid. Number Mm -hmm. two, it had to be out of Ohio. Um, Mm -hmm. and number three, it couldn't be extremely far. 
because mm-hmm. I still am an only child. So I knew that I didn't, I wouldn't flourish in a very large institution. And I knew that I didn't want um, to go very far from home, right? Because mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. nervous. I, as I said, I'm a vertically challenged person. <laughs> <laughs> I want to feel safe. Like that's my biggest thing was making sure that I'm safe and I want to have access. I always need to have an escape hatch. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be able to find a way to get home. Um, so I got to Rochester because I, I talked to the career counselor. I mean, the what is it? School counselor? Guidance counselor. Guidance counselor. There we go. Guidance counselor. And um, there's schools that were reach schools that were you could get into and schools that were, you know, most likely you would be able to to um, um, get into. And so Rochester came up as one of them. And I, it, it fit all the buckets because it was four and a <laughs> half hours away from uh, where I grew up. And they wind up giving the most money. Um after some haggling by my father. Hey, you need to haggle. <laughs> my dad was like, Who knew you could haggle, haggle a scholarship, though? I mean, he was like, you know, she's this, you know, this GPA from this top woman in girls' school in Shaker Heights, Ohio, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he just said, said the things. Like, what? And she's out of state, so she's out of y'all state. need to subsidize. Come on with it. Come <laughs> on with it. You know, that's, um, that was my dad. And, uh, and then I wind up getting pretty much tuition covered. Um, they had to cover the remainder. Uh, that first year, what they had saved was gone. Wow. I wind up at the same time not knowing, uh, I wind up applying to be a resident assistant. So mm-hmm. I was an RA um, starting my sophomore year that subsidized my housing yeah. and my food and thank God because my parents said, Oh yeah, we, we, we don't have enough. We we're out. Of, we're out. <laughs> Tap out. Yeah. No, that's a blessing. Definitely. And so for three years I was an RA, which made me, um, very, um, empathetic. Uh, cause I saw mm. a lot as an yeah. RA and understood how people operated and didn't operate. Uh, I think that my, my favorite story uh, about being an RA was when I woke up. <laughs> oh, I want to know. Uh, yes. My favorite story. There's several, but my uh-huh. favorite story is um, I woke up. It was like I was on a co-ed hall. So okay. the, 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 the floor was co-ed um, and I was my, I think it was my junior year. It's my second, my second year as an RA. I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm hearing sounds. You're in college, so if you're in a college dorm, you always are hearing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I finally woke up completely and decided, okay, something, obviously this isn't a dream. Something is going on on my hall. It's not above me or below me or whatever. So I walk out and <laughs> the common area was full of people. What? <laughs> so... The halls was separated. So the, the hall I was an RA in was called hoeing. Okay. Jo- <laughs> jokes. Wait. Let the jokes flow. Okay. <laughs> Why would they? They knew what they were doing. Listen, it was named hall. after a guy who went to University of Rochester. Okay. His last name was hoeing. And he okay. was hoeing. Listen. Listen. Whatever. The halls were separated <laughs> like an L. So there was two halls and in the middle was the common area with the TV and all that other stuff. So that area was all filled with people. 
that I did not know. And a couple of hmm. them were my residents. And I walk out because of course the doors to the hallways had been closed. That's why I was hearing muffled sounds. I open up the door and everyone goes, Shh, it's the RA. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and wow. I just look around my residents. There was uh, two guys who were pledging a fraternity looked at me, uh, Yes, a white fraternity. They came in and said, look, the, the party got shut down because there was underage drinking. Everybody came here. To underage I, drink some more. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I looked around. I saw everybody. Everyone had made it to the fourth floor because that's where I was an RA. And I said, okay. <laughs> I turned around and I saw another one of the residents on the other hall. He was an EMT. Um, and oh he was God. on duty oh that gosh. night as an EMT. And I said, I looked at him and I said, are you on duty? He was like, yeah. And I said, okay, you got this. And I, I just, I said, <laughs> okay, continue. I'm going back to sleep. No, yeah, I didn't. I stayed up. Oh, wow. Oh. I stayed up and sat down and they were like, we need to leave. And I was like, stay, you know, whatever. Yeah, y'all here. Y'all so. here. And I was afraid because some of them looked a little wobbly. So I was afraid if they oh. tried to walk downstairs, it was going to be an issue. And yeah. I was a little concerned for some of the, the girls. And I and I said, well, if I'm here. <laughs> right, there's a minimal amount of stuff that can happen. There's a, there's, it's a less likelihood of anything. Like, Mom's here. Yeah. Pretty much is what I did. Um, and so I just stayed up for another two hours till they all dissipated. None of them were violent. None of them were, you know, anything. So I just sat with the right, EMT and right me, party. just I mean, chilling. If it got you, if it got you free college, I'm just saying to put up with some frat parties. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have been much worse. And I thought I, she was gonna say she found a random animal that wasn't supposed to be. Listen, I got those stories too. Where oh my I walked to I a bathroom. You were say they were playing DDR because that's what they did in my dorm. They'd be up till three a.m. playing not not dance, DDR. Dance, yeah, Dance Revolution. Dance Revolution. Yeah, DDR. There was some of that, but there was a there was a lot of um, there was some some homophobia. Mm. Um, one resident didn't like his roommate and decided to pee on his door. <gasps> what? So, okay. <laughs> but if it's your roommate's door, this is college. This is your door. Well, he then had he had moved out by that point, but he was mad mm. that he had to move out because of the homophobic things that he was doing and so he wow. peed on the door there was i mean it was just as i said there was a lot there was a student who tried There's to commit suicide so there were some oh serious gosh. things um so yeah that was like i woke up i was like wait what what's happening and i, I was like okay i gotta find a person's roommate in order to make sure the roommate doesn't go into the room and you know like mm. there was a lot of stuff there, so there was a lot of things that i learned as being an ra that i think prepared me for grad school and prepared me for professorship and is preparing me now for my datapreneurship that i am part of so. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad that you had those formative experiences where you yes. could really just kind of put that behind you and then move use on. it yeah, because yeah, it's like a microcosm of society. Like being in that dorm, it's like you don't know who you're gonna get. It's just a bundle of folks that signed up for the same place. But you understand how people think, and maybe not why they do the things that they do, but that they will do some things that we are that are unexpected. People right? gone, people. 
<laughs> Facts. <laughs> so basically, it sounds like you had your hands full. Yes. Right? Like, because that's a huge extracurricular activity to be engaged in, right? Yeah. But I know that you got a PhD at some point, so I've just been wondering, like, were you able to do undergraduate research? Was that something that piqued your interest while you were at your undergraduate institution? So <laughs> there's another set of stories. Um, so, yes, and I actually had work study as oh. well and um when i was work study i did work with the physics department for a little while um and helping them build their java back in it, it mm. wind up not being a fit in the long run i was dealing with a lot of like personal things um because you know undergrad cs <laughs> only black oh person gosh. it was a lot that is um, a battle and then some relationship stuff had come up as well which again is another lot so i wind up moving on from i've been uh, being removed <laughs> from that oh, wow. engagement uh to be honest mm -hmm. like that's where it was um and so i was interested in figuring out like what to do next and so i wind up having a, a gpa that was high enough in order to to have me in the mcnear program McNair mm -hmm. scholar. Yes, Yay. so I wind up being a McNair scholar. I went through all of the all the things, but the last thing was, of course, to have that research experience. Oh yeah, and I couldn't find anyone to work with at my institution. Oh. I had to. I just could not. It just did not work. Um, I wind up like submitting a paper, <laughs> and I did it like you know, back in the day. You type up a paper, you slip it under someone's door, and you run away. Right, and you run away. <laughs> There's no spell check. There's no grammarly. There's no, yes. Um, so that's what I wind up doing um, it, it, for McNair. And I knew I wanted to go to graduate school because I knew the dot com was going to bust. I was like, this is not going to last. Like, y'all <laughs> getting these, this amount of money, this is not going to last. I'm going to go to grad school because I definitely feel like I don't know enough in computing to be a good um, contributor to a team. Uh, hmm. So I'm gonna go to grad school and education was always instilled in me as can't be taken away from you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said, if I in my both of my parents stopped their education um, for very different reasons. And so I was like, if I'm gonna get education, I'm gonna get all I'm gonna get. <laughs> so when I'm done, yes. I'm done. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I, I then applied to graduate school um, in order to pursue what I was like, I don't know. I think I want a PhD because I, I think Dr. Hill sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just said, I'm just going to get in, get it while I have the unction and the opportunity in order to get it. And then applied to grad school and got into Rensselaer and Why? started TAing. Why RPI? Yeah. Money. Because it's, Oh, okay. Yeah, like at that point, you yeah, I interviewed up there in Troy, in Troy, New York. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the great thing about Troy, uh, New York, was when I got there, the first person I met was Alan Bivens. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Good if child. you don't know Alan Bivens, you have to meet Alan Bivens. He's at IBM. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. and he is just a wonderful person and his wife, Kim are wonderful. It's just a wonderful person as well. Um, they took me and my parents in for a couple Aww. of days because oh, awesome. when I first got the apartment, 
the, all the electricity and utilities weren't hooked up correctly. So I had no water, wow. nothing. <laughs> so my apartment building and where Alan and Kim lived were like a block apart. So he was like, oh, just come and stay with us. Oh, that's nice. So Alan and Kim are, will forever be just like really great people in my book. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the first person I met when I visited uh, Rensselaer. <laughs> oh, wow. See, I met him at TJ Watson when I did yeah. an internship. But still, same story. Super wonderful, super nice. Yeah, super <laughs> just great overall person. But he was the first person I met. I stayed at his house with his wife. Well, I, me and my roommate at the time were looking at the institution. He gave us the reel about the black people. Um, like, there's no black people here. It'd be great if you come, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have some company. <laughs> You're right. I would like to have company. See, that's who, that's what Joel, Joel was for me when I came. Because we had done also internship at, our, at um, TJ Watson. And I came for that trip, and I was like, ooh, okay, this, this is different. It is gray here. Like, the whole town has a gray cast on it. Like, yes. It was just, but um, y'all had, like, a different sort of process, though, at least when I was going through where, like, you had to interview with specific faculty. And if there was not a project that a faculty member wanted you on, you would not be offered admission. Like, there was no just grad student pool. It was like, hey, um, When I people. joined um, Rensselaer, it was PhD program or master's program. And there was no attachment to a faculty member. I was part of the, I think, mm. the last year where they allowed that okay. to happen. Hmm. And there was a huge class of us. I mean, there was 70, 80 people oh in the my. graduate school class at Rensselaer. This was 2000. So it was right at that dot-com busting mm -hmm. point tilt. Um, and so I, I got in and in the PhD program, like directly into the PhD program. So I was very blessed and grateful um, to actually get a TA ship as well so I could pay for it. And again, I <laughs> rinse a layer because they paid the most. So, so how you, did you pick who uh, you were going to work with? That's exactly what I was going to say. How did I Plus, pick? Because you didn't come in <laughs> with a, hey, this is the thing that I've been thinking about for my whole life. And this is what I'm born to yeah. do in a yeah. PhD. Like, how did you pick? <laughs> how did I pick? Um, it was a matter of deduction. <laughs> who uh, who was doing things that I was interested in, and it wind up being um, in database. I wind up looking at all the different expertise in the department, and everything tended to flow through data. Mm. And also this internet thing. I was like, oh, there's a lot going on on this internet thing. <laughs> and no one's really talking about this internet yeah, thing. Right. Right. <laughs> to monitor this because it looks like it's growing. There's something <laughs> happening here. Everyone wants to talk about programming languages and systems and hardware, but no one's talking about what's going on. All this um, content. Because you can All reach a content. ceiling with the programming languages, but it's like, no, this thing is growing. So. Yeah, this is, yeah. This, there's something here. I'm, my nose is telling me something's here. Um, and so uh, my advisor was one of the only people working within the database um, realm. Um, and so that's who I wind up picking um, as, as my advisor. And then that relationship was interesting. 
In a nutshell. In a in a nutshell, um, in a nutshell, it took. In a okay, I'll say this way. Five years, and a master's degree. My first publication was by myself. No, say less. (laughs) The publication that I have with my advisor was not until 2006, the next year. Wow. And that was one in which I wrote, but then it was rewritten after it was accepted. Oh my gosh. Wow. So it got accepted, but no, it needs to have my touch on it. Like, what what are we doing? And then the presentation was done not by me. But I was at the conference in the audience. In, in the what? No, I would have been swinging. That is interesting. Was Nuck if you buck out then? Because if it was, <laughs> I would have played that during I think the it whole was. presentation. I think it was. <laughs> wow! Wow! Okay. I... That's a nutshell. <sighs> so, but you why okay, is this so, a thing for us? Like, why? It's a common theme, like. Getting your work co-opted, being underestimated, having to do stuff for yourself. Then once they see, oh, this person has done this thing without me putting their name on it and then saying, oh, but now it needs to look like me and I'm going to get the credit and I'm going to pretend like you wasn't even here. Why? Why does it have to be all of that? And the authorship was by alphabetical order. Mm-mm. So <clears throat> I was not first author of that publication. See, that's making so, me want to go and swing on somebody right now. I have deep concerns. <laughs> I hope, and like the, the thing that like is the most concerning about all of it is like this is still a thing. Like it would be different if like you know, at this point people are graduating and they're not having these conversations with us. But like yeah. we have people who just graduated two years ago or who are in the process right now, and it's like. People are fighting, and a lot of them look like us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why when I when I finished my PhD and Waketi was there working on his PhD, because we both were at Purdue, I was like, yeah, dude, what, whatever you need. Because I was just like, I'm You knew this, what it was like. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this from the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. Like, and a lot of people will. They know what's happening, but there's like so little recourse, mm-hmm. right? That, and they can't intervene necessarily because now the retaliation could turn towards them. Yeah, I'm in my exactly. own dynamic in the department. As soon I was with Advisor One, and then as soon as I switched from Advisor One, people I didn't even think knew my name professors in the department coming up to me oh i'm so glad that you changed advisors oh i'm so glad that wasn't a good fit where Uh were you these first three years when it was not being a good fit like why remain silent but also this person had a whole lot of juice in the department so there's all these dynamics the fit isn't fitting somebody say something exactly if the glove does not fit (laughs) you must have quit (laughs) what (laughs) 
Just saying, it has multiple usages. <laughs> it doesn't okay. have usage. But yeah, but this is a story that happens over and over again. It happens if you're an undergrad. It happens if you're in grad school. It happens if you're in the workplace. It happens if you're an assistant professor. It happens if you're an associate professor. It happens if you're a full professor. It happens if you're a manager in corporate. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't matter if you are a black woman with any type of degrees and common sense yep. and not playing into white supremacy, you yeah. are forever being gaslit. And so you thwart off as much as you can. And that's why I tell as many people who are in the assistant professor track and are quote junior, whatever that's supposed to mean, um, mm. you take a day to not come into the office. Yeah. One day. I use Friday. It's racial reconciliation day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's and that, it wasn't so much. And, and that one and that came from one of my white male colleagues at Purdue. Mm. He was like, Yeah, I don't come in one day a week so I can hang out with my family. I can also do some research work and you might want to do the same thing. I think most people in the department, that's kind of what we do. Everyone kind of takes a day. And I was like, oh really? That's a thing. Okay. Research yeah. day, Friday, <laughs> three day weekend. Woo woo. Yeah. I'm telling you like, <laughs> yeah. it's, and people don't understand like just the tax, the tax of just being physically present and watching everything that happens, all the dynamics that happen, and it registers for some, does not register for others, but you're still there watching the circus. Yeah, you're you're watching it and you're part of it. And being a postdoc, you see things at a different level because you have oh the PhD, gosh. but you don't yes. have any type of authority or influence. Mm-mm. And then once you move out of postdoc into a system professor, you then see a different level of dynamic. You're like, oh, people are nasty. Okay, I'm gonna sit here and shut up because this. Ooh, well, where's the popcorn? Oh, these right. people don't get along. Where's the popcorn? <laughs> Where I'd be is like, it? Ooh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I swear, I be telling people, I was like, there really needs to be the the real lives of college professors. I yes, I was in our chair that. I was like, this need to be a reality show. And he's like, who will watch it? I was like, everybody. Me. I will everybody. watch it. Everybody. I will watch it. I am yes. so like disappointed that my current faculty group is like, everybody's wonderful. And it's just great. <laughs> and you know, like, Jeremy was in my department so for a minute and she seen science. the circus. Oh, we are so notorious juicy. in the college There's so much drama. There's just drama. like oozing. huge personalities and like just, I don't know. Hurting cats I love in a bag it. And with yeah. a sharp bat like that. And the things the things that I like I've gathered from this is this is a computer science thing, right? Like yes. it's not a thing that's like not necessarily like happening in other places. It's happening in other places with every time I talk to someone computer in computer science, science about it's computer it. Computer science. Like, like it's it it's is, our department too. It is it is so um unbelievably toxic. But yet you can't stop <laughs> watching. Like, yeah. I remember being, okay, so I, I think I was close to putting my tenure package in. And it was one of those faculty meetings where I was sitting on the edge. I was close to mm-hmm. the door. Because mm-hmm. um, I couldn't, I didn't make it early enough to sit at the big, the big boy table, right? 
<laughs> so I'm sitting on the I'm sitting near the exit door and something happened. I don't I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy on my laptop answering emails and some conversation started and these two senior professors started to go at it. Oh, and wow. I was like, "Oh, snap." <laughs> <laughs> and then I bring out my phone and then I text my the, another female colleague and say, "Are we going to Harry's after this?" <laughs> <laughs> And if you know Purdue, Harry's is the local uh, pub. And so she was like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we make a beeline. We're like, what in the world? What happened? What was happening? What was happening? What what did you hear? What did you understand? Because it's a whole bunch of history and context of the department that you don't understand. And computer science, I think, has that toxicity, especially at a PWI, because of how computer science came about. Right, computer yes. science is this offshoot of math. Yeah, it's applied and, math. <laughs> and and people with computer science backgrounds might also be coming in from IT and both mm-hmm. feel like stepchildren to math. And for yes. some reason the history of the institution downplayed computer science for so long until it became part of the computer powerful science. three. Yes. Yeah. And so now computer science is like buffing up its chest. And so you have all these people that are like, yeah, computer science is the best. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. And, it's real. And it's the just... further rift between theoretical computer scientists mm-hmm. and people who do more applied work. Mm-hmm. Because yep. this has always been the rift everywhere I've been. I'm not yep. talking about one specific place. But people who are in theory, they're like, I don't need machine. I don't need grants. I shouldn't be judged by how much I bring in. Da, da, da. But also, if your research involves humans, you don't know computer science as much. Like you're taken as, oh, you're like half computer science, half some sort of social science major. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. I'm fully computer science. And I also have expertise in this other area that's required to do yep. my work. But people tend to feel like the pure or the core computer scientists tend to feel like our work isn't as serious, it's not as important, and that's right. always a divide. And, and then there's a I third divide when it comes to engineering, because some computer oh, yes. science departments mm-hmm. want to be affiliated with engineering, mm-hmm. so they want to be seen more as hardcore, and yeah. they want to make sure that they have that affiliation with engineering so they can get the money and get the mm-hmm. reputation and prestige of other engineering departments. Oh yeah, it's a whole... It's it is kerfuffle. wonderful. And if so, you are someone who likes drama, <laughs> this is the space that you want to be in. Like, no, but Jeremy, you can say that as like someone who can an observe from a healthy invited, distance. Like yeah, you were in the department, in. but you were not of the department. The department like yeah. you, were like, exactly. you were like, I can watch this with my popcorn, but some of us were like, this is my life. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I felt kind of bad. I felt kind of bad because like for me, it really was like, I'm watching something happen and it's not <laughs> happening to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it a little different. I think yeah. if I had to like exist for real in a department like that, I would fall apart because it it's hard. Like it's hard to get anything done. But it's, you just have to terrible. change your perspective though. Like for me, I behave like um... everybody has some undiagnosed mental illness. <laughs> And she says if, this a lot. Yeah, and I'm telling I'm you, laughing. if somebody had crazy, it's oh yeah, so and so didn't they didn't take their medicine today? Poor them versus me getting all you know in knots about this person. And then we're in Florida, we're near water. I'm like, I'm gonna go to the beach because y'all crazy. Because <laughs> y'all crazy. <laughs> 
I, I, I did not have a beach when I was an assistant professor. So <laughs> there's no beaches in West Lafayette. No, um, it's flatland. Flat oh, I've lands. been. I came and... a couple times to visit friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the cornfields. I was like, corn if I make a wrong corn. turn, I'm gonna be in Oz. Like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> it is crazy. So I did. I was more. I got more vocal as I went through my assistant professorship. I got more and more vocal. I looked around and realized I was the only woman in the department trying to do research, and mm. having an issue with graduate students and having graduate hmm. students um, believe me and stick with me. Um, and that was an issue, uh, cause I was not in the computer What do you science. mean by believe you and stick believe with me, you? Be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is that I had grad students that would question whether or not I was telling them something that was true or accurate when it came to their procurement of their research setup, of the process in order to get through their master's program, of what the writing was and what the wow. uh, uh, interpretation of their experiments were and the value of them. Oh my gosh. Um, I literally had a graduate student hand me like ugh, trash writing and wanted me to fix it for him. Mm-mm. And I just was like, I have the degrees. You're trying to get them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, I'm this not is doing your job your to work. learn how to do it correctly. Yeah, and they, you know, com- you know, I would, I had this, I, I had a, I had a routine where I would sit down. I, I was in a not in a computer science department. I was in an IT department, computer and information technology department at Purdue. So I sat down and I said, okay, look, you want to be out in two years. This is the routine. I reverse engineered everything, and I had masters students who were just like, no, 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 I don't want to do the related work now i want to do experiments now and i was like no you need to... <laughs> exactly like what you're talking about you need to know what's in the space before you develop a experiment and how do you know what the experiment setup is going to look like and what's your methodology and, da, da, da. and i i literally had a graduate student i i remember him distinctly literally telling me i'm not going to do that he's standing up in my office, I'm sitting no, down gosh. and he's literally like, no, I'm not doing. And I said, well, you can't, you can't work with me on this because you need to do this. You put in the cart before the horse. It's like, how you, how do you even know what to run if you have not read? <laughs> but I did I wind know. up finding success, um, with several graduate students. Um, I had faculty that put me on committees, um, but of course, as part of promotion and tenure, you have to chair um, yeah. right. uh, master's committees. And then I, I, I had to fight to get my third year review because they didn't do that in the department. So I fought to get that. And when I got when I got reviewed, it was a piece of paper, one page, and basically told me I needed grant money and I needed to um, graduate master's students. And I said, well, I have a problem with procuring master's students and graduate master's students i've never heard that as well a, i was in a um, as i said i was in a computer information technology department where it was mostly graduates it was mostly master's students and very 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 few phd students so like so, master's thesis so students. master's thesis yes yeah, students hmm. okay um so that's basically what i was told um but i had not gotten any external funding and i also had not graduated a master's a student on my as a chair 
Um, and so I, I listed my grievances <laughs> about yeah. what that process is. And um, they mm-hmm, sort of worked it out. Um, but I really had a champion in Melissa Dark who came to me and said, hey, you know, I really want to help. Um, and I have this project and I want to know if you're interested in working on this project. It's in cybersecurity. It's sort of related to what you do. I think it'll be really great. And so she was the person who unlocked the um, funding model for me. Wow. Um, and I will That's all it takes. Gives one person. <laughs> and Melissa yeah. did that for me and forever grateful for her for that. Um, and help, I mean, to me, she helped me get tenure. So. <laughs> Shout out Um, to Melissa Dart. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, she definitely was not just an ally. She was a complete advocate and um, helped Mm -hmm. me and understood everything that was happening. And I, she just heard me. She heard all of all the things (laughs) and she understood all the things because she saw it. She was like, yeah, why is this? And why is it? And how does this person get a grad student? But you don't. And. You know, I had a. I and had people a, act like everything's equal. Like, oh yeah, you show up equal. on day one and everything's equal. And it's not equal. I had a grad student. Another story. Sorry, another story. Um, Why do you apologize? We love st- storytelling. <laughs> Modern figures is a conversational style storytelling podcast. Says in the beginning. So the 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 grad student that really set me uh, set me off was when the student had a hard time. I think there was some language barrier challenges, Mm -hmm. but also didn't understand that I meant business Mm -hmm. and was not providing me with the value of their intellectual prowess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They would come to me and tell me random things. Half-bootying it. Yes. (laughs) And she would be late to meetings and things like that. Just weird stuff kind of going on. I didn't know what was kind of happening. And I was letting the student go. I said, you need to find another advisor, master student. And I was trying to do it early enough so that she could find somebody else. And she had a difficult time finding someone else. So she came back to me. And she made an appointment. She came back to me and she came with a bag and she goes, I'm running late because I saw this dying rabbit and I wanted to take it to a vet. Do you happen to know where a vet is? First off, it was a squirrel. Second (laughs) off. (laughs) Brittany, what? What? This is bananas. Okay. But this is stuff you got to deal with. (laughs) She was trying to come in in my office and I saw her with the bag and I saw like this fluffy gray white tail. And I was like, what are you doing? So I got up, you know me, I'm I'm black woman first. So I got up real quick. Like what? (laughs) Professor second. Got it. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> That's nuts. And um, she, 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 she kind of, she, I was like, no, 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 uh-uh, I don't do, I don't know anything about a vet. I don't know anything about a vet. And are you sure that it's like, well, it was dying and I, and I wanted to help and blah, blah. And I said, and she left. And then I went immediately to, I think it was a senior faculty member 
maybe it was the chair at the time and I said this person is no longer my student you need to find someone else for her she she spent a couple of weeks going around trying to find somebody else and people would colleagues would come and ask me and I said uh uh-uh. uh she came to my office with a dead squirrel <laughs> <laughs> calling it a rabbit <laughs> calling it a rabbit I was like no Eventually, long story short, she wind up, it wind, her, her case wind up being part of the department's, like, exit the master's program without writing an actual thesis. Uh-huh. Wow. Because she had been there for, I don't know how many so semesters, yeah. and there was issues, and I said, I said, I disagree with this whole thing. I don't think this is a good idea. Like, she, no. I haven't gotten anything out of her. And she came to my office with a dead rodent. I was like, (laughs) what? This is where I draw the lines. (laughs) (laughs) And they all looked at me like I was crazy until my my colleague that was next door said, oh, no, she did really... (laughs) I'm glad that you had somebody like that could co-sign that moment for you. Shout out to John Springer. He was like, "Oh no, really?" He, she, she she was like, "Oh yeah." He came, she came to me, and I saw the thing, and I was like, "Was this pre or post tenure?" Post tenure, because once I um, took tenure at Purdue, I was out. I left. Yes, it was deuces. A month later, I was like, "Oucha!" So you went from there to where? To Spelman. You didn't want to say Spellman, did you? <laughs> okay. Um. So all I will say is that um, I really, really, really enjoy my colleagues at the computer science department. <laughs> um, okay. I really enjoy my colleagues. Um, and... I dealt with um, trying to make this as I'm, I'm, I'm always transparent, but I want to make this as um, direct as possible. I dealt with a number of different professional abuses mm-hmm. um, from 2016 to 2018. And it happened in succession from multiple levels, um, peers to administration. Um, And it was painful. It was extremely painful. And from 2016 to 2018, I was chair. To put a, to make sure it's very clear, I was the department chair from 2016 to 2018. Um, I served two and a half years. Um, it was supposed to be a three-year rotation. I was going to say, how long is the typical timing for that? Yeah, it's supposed to be three years, but, um, but I was removed um, because I would not concede on my ideas being co-opted. Mm. Um, and it was painful. It was painful um, personally, it was painful. Professionally, people were all like, oh, my God, this grant is so awesome. You're going to be working with upskilling faculty and, and, and data science education. This is so necessary. Um, and, and I couldn't get any help. Mm. Administrative help. I was th- that whole grant. Um, I did on m- my own. 
Wow. Com- I mean, like, completely. And then and, it comes back to you with no help. Like. And, and, and then I got asked in late 2018 in order to have a conversation about a bigger initiative um, for several institutions in, you know, in order to work on data science education. And I saw the white paper that had been circulated to the administration, the senior administrators of the Eagles institutions. And I see my grant in there and things were not quite what I had written. Mm. It wasn't the PI I was working with. Um, Sorry, the co-PI I was working with at the time. And I was like, what is going on? So, uh, sorry to take a turn for the turn for it's very serious, but it was it was a shock to my system because my whole life I have been the only I have been the only woman, the only black person, the only the only and PWI born and bred from the time I yeah. was four, private schools <laughs> the whole nine, yeah. and to mm-hmm. be at an institution. Um, that's that, for us. That's for, for black women. That's supposed to be for black women. I felt completely sideswiped, gaslit, co-opted, abused, beat up, disrespected in such a very visceral, intentional, mm-hmm. purposeful way. Mm-hmm. That yeah, when I was removed as chair. I was like, oh, okay, you don't want me to say nothing. You don't want my voice. Okay. And I went wow. to Twitter. I'ma have a voice now. <laughs> like, woo woo. Oh, you're not gonna stop this train. I mean, let me go ahead and get brandicemarshall.com together. <laughs> yes, Y'all gonna hear child. Real, real. Yes, yeah, child. And that's the thing. That's the thing too. Like it's it's so crazy how, you know, you think that, um, I don't know, the transition from all PWIs to an HBCU is a transition in itself. And you immediately became chair when you went to Spelman, right? It was two years. Two years. So okay. from, from, and I will have to shout out um, Dr. Andrea Lawrence. She is the mama. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Queen Mother Andrea. Yes, Andrea. <laughs> yes, she is Queen Mother. She um, allowed me. To have two years, so she did an extra year of chairing the department so that I could get my footing under me um, so I could take over as chair. And what would you say you to me, people? Oh, go ahead. And I, and I believe you me, I talked to her. I was at her feet for a year. I was in her office anytime she needed something. I was like, yes, ma'am, what you need? <laughs> I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to make sure I understood what was going on. Um, I just... I wanted to take care of the department like she had taken care of the department. Mm-hmm. So, What would you say to people who are like, you know, transitioning to a place where they're now in leadership? Because clearly, you know, you were there for two years and things still kind of went awry. So like, what would you say to people to like look out for, to do like any sort of advice if you're coming in to lead, but you have a little bit of lead time before that? Um, my advice <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think not in any particular order, whomever is the administrative support of the department, 
Leave, let listen to them. Be their friend. Know their children's name, their birthday, <laughs> what they like. Sit down, talk to them. <laughs> they know mm-hmm. all the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. When you're in a leadership position, you don't hear things mm-hmm. because the staff doesn't want you to know. Yeah, but they will tell the administrative support. Say <laughs> well. And you need so to true. know. You don't need to directly know. You just need to know. Um, so that's one. I think two is just listen. Get an idea of the culture before you want to make any changes. Mm-hmm. Get to know who is your direct reports. Understand some of what their talent is. Go and just talk to them. How you doing? What can I do to help? Don't come with an agenda. Don't come. I had chocolate. That was a little itty bitty chocolate you get at Mm -hmm. like Sam's Club. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I just went around and was like, here's some chocolate, especially for the faculty (laughs) who were teaching um, lecture and then had a lab right after and no break in that 10 minute break. Right. I would swoop in in that 10 minutes and go stop. Here's some chocolate. Here's some chocolate. (laughs) Deuces. (laughs) (laughs) and so that's what i would do um to fact and i wouldn't i wasn't trying to interrupt i was just trying to like take a take a beat and then Mm -hmm. you know and it was helpful and i would Mm -hmm. just go by people's offices how are things going and i think that is important because then you understand where they're at you understand a little bit more about what's going on in the department you understand who are the um challenging students before mm-hmm. they become challenges to you. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Who are the challenging faculty? Woo! <laughs> With the voices. Because sometimes With it's the, the loudest person. <laughs> it's the loudest person is what everybody focuses on. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> you got some silent shooters in the back, too. Ooh, so yes. You watch got out people, people that too. just want to say something, but don't want to say it to you, want to say it about you. Mm-hmm. 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 Might be like, mm, come come at me. Just, co- right, just let's come have at a conversation. me straight. <laughs> let's have a straight. Oh, you don't want to talk to me straight? You want to do the side? Okay, that's cool. Listen, I'm a here anyway. I'm yeah. a, I'm a yeah. Midwesterner. I'm as I said, I'm from Akron, <laughs> Ohio. I just I'm just gonna tell you, just it's just gonna and I know it's not gonna come out pretty. I know <laughs> it's gonna seem like I'm mean. I know it's gonna be like hit you and then I'm out because of my Virgo ness. <laughs> I understand. I'm self aware enough to know that now. Mm-hmm. But listen, if you don't do right, I'm just gonna call you out in your face. And keep it moving. So I have a question um, about like just like where you're like what you're doing now. Yeah. Because that seems like it was it it built your character. Yeah. Right? And, it, <laughs> the, and it helped the, you. The, the KBJ persevere moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh huh. And like you you're now like in a place where it's like everything that you post. I'm like, oh, my God this is so good like because and also you, where was this you've, you've been you've been there right and like yeah. you've seen it and you now are able to leverage it to like point us and when I say us I mean like people like me who are coming through the ranks of academia but also people in industry like yeah. this is what you should look out for 
these are some resources that you can leverage even like listen to this voice over here like what they're saying is really rich so like what are you doing now that other people can like connect with well let's see <laughs> i have the rebel tech <laughs> newsletter yeah tell us about explain that, that. Yeah. <laughs> so as part of the post george floyd situation and murder right um, a lot of companies wanted black people to talk, especially black women. Um, and that afforded me the opportunity to do talks from home because of COVID. Um, and that made, made sure that I had enough money. And as part of getting more coin, I was able to hire a virtual assistant that then oh, was nice. suggested that I do a newsletter. I wanted an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, but I, I started that story by saying be out of tragedy of George Floyd. I got coin in order to then pay someone. Mm. Right. And so there's an economic and social underpinning to why I said it that way. And, mm -hmm. and, and so the Rebel Tech newsletter is something that I started because of a suggestion from my virtual assistant. I'm like, you seem to be doing a lot of stuff. Like, why don't you just like create a newsletter? Like, it'll be so cool and I can help you with it, blah, 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 you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it really, that's one way to connect with me is to get on my, my list and then you get something every other week from me that something in the news about data um, and data ethics and AI ethics that I have commentate, I have, I have to, commentate on <laughs> mm -hmm. um so that's one way to kind of know kind of what i'm thinking there's also medium um yeah then uh, we're gonna link a, to your medium at the um in the show notes <laughs> yeah so medium is another way that i release some of my my thoughts um outside of twitter um and then a, a, a bulk of what i'm putting my energies into is of course this book that's coming out in September um, which is of course data conscience algorithmic siege on our humanity pre-order today and all those other shameless plugs um, are we allowed to like get a nugget of something that's like like why why would we buy it why, why would, would we be interested it? yeah why would you aside buy... from the amazing title yeah. <laughs> the amazing title why would you buy this book this book is for the people who are understanding the nature of their work is multi-generational and has social impact. So if you are a senior level graduate student to a senior level data person or software engineering person, this book will provide a reference point for what things you could potentially be asking and doing in order to make tech a bit more equitable mm -hmm. it's a conversation starter mm. for data ops it is a blend between data science and social justice my first chapter is oppression by dot 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 my wow. last chapter is titled by the law so oh. i start with the oppressionness pre-internet and I talk at the end about the law and the governance um, that is happening or what I believe should be happening. Right. So that's why I, I think this book, I am hoping, will be one that everyone would have on their bookshelves. And that not only really because juicy. it's me pouring out. Let, we need to get it together, people. 
Mm-hmm. And yes. like it makes me think of like um Ruha Benjamin and Yeah. Like this whole like, effort, like Joy and yeah. um Yeah, Joy, Tim Neat, um, Tim Neat, Tim yeah. Neat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I mean everybody Sophia, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sophia Noble. Um I mean the whole entourage of black women who have been calling Championing a spade this. a spade yeah. right i mean shereen mitchell i mean hello her yeah. <laughs> her whole work talked about how black people are being targeted for the elections but it's in 2016, us like but it's we, us. Yes. we are the ones having these conversations and it's like we're waving these like red flags hey look over here right. something's wrong this is yeah. not okay and like how many how, why can't we have movement? Like, what What do you think is the problem? Like, holding us back as a country? Because this is like a, it's not even a country thing. Like, as it, it's a world, as a, as a human race. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's the reason why the book is titled <laughs> for our humanity. Um, okay. Yeah. I got to read the book and I'll know. Okay. <laughs> no, yes. no. But no, you, but your question is very valid. It's like, why, like, well, not why, but what? is like the problem and how can we really move the needle forward and why can't we move this needle forward and it's because the voices of women have been muted yeah mm. and been muted well, in all spaces and so what i'm doing spaces. is providing a book because most books i think 90 percent of books are by white men and in yeah. computing you already know because you can just look at your bookshelf and see all the right. white books that you got I want to have my book be on that shelf. Be like, oh, the black woman book right there. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> that reading. part of your required reading. Yes. That black woman book right there. Um, that black woman book right there. Yep, that one. With the ice cream cone on it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's part of it. And then the other, I think, problem is that as women, we're so multidisciplinary and mm-hmm. our work gets pigeonholed into categories in misalignment with the mm-hmm. overall like just tear down of white supremacy yeah because i'm I... bringing together resources that are from the humanities that are from the sciences that are people of different gender identities from people from different economic backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds and people i mean and so i have to source these things from different places and trying to bring them together. That takes a lot of work and there's no repository for that because we have to say it's computer science education. (laughs) It is psychology. It is pedagogy in STEM. It is math pedagogy, you know, so we have, so we, we're, we're yeah, that's the challenge with the research. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge with the work that I do, which is why I feel like, for me at this juncture, I'm pivoting toward just working on data ethics group and black women in data initiatives because my work is so interdisciplinary. Yeah. That yeah. one pigeonhole is not gonna help me. Yes, I'm a scholar. Yes, I still write papers. Yes, I still like all that. But my writing is sometimes just for the people. <laughs> like now just, it's, and, and it's accessible now. Yes. And it's accessible and, now. And I don't have to worry and, about a publication count. 
Yeah. Mm. For people year. don't realize multiple things can be true of about a person at the same time. You can be a scholar and an activist and be for social justice. And like, there's so many different buckets. You don't have to be pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we love it. We also would like to, we haven't told you this. We want to buy five copies of your book to give out to Modern <laughs> Figures podcast listeners. Yay! So, <laughs> <Okay>, they- <laughs> so everyone listening did not see my face as I raised they my did, No, but they'll see it on YouTube. They will see it. <laughs> this, this video portion will be on the YouTube if you're listening. We should just take the clip YouTube. of her like with yes. her, arms, her arms in the air <laughs> and put that as her like episode photo yes. so people can see it. Exactly. <laughs> but if you are listening to this and it is September 2022 or before, <laughs> we should have we should have them or like, after. contact us now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Contact us now. Let us know. Hey, this book sounds like the jam for me and my household. So <laughs> just go ahead. Yeah, let us know and we will put you on the list because this is amazing. I'm buying one for myself outside the bees because there's so much that <laughs> needs put to in be. the lab. Yeah, yeah, just, no, just, just, just put it on the coffee house. table. Well, yeah, but I mean, also there, also yeah. there as well. And and buy. Thank you so much for 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 offering to buy five copies. I will be happy to autograph them to whomever those Aww. five people are. And, oh snap! Um, oh snap! Um, oh listen, we gotta level up, <laughs> level up, level up, level up. Yeah. Um, so they. Got... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, don't get me dancing now, y'all. Okay. You got two dancers on the podcast. (laughs) You know, I feel like we had to dance at some point. If you're listening, (laughs) go to YouTube so you can see all the dancingness. Yes. (laughs) The fabulous. And Jeremy's just like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to dance. I'm I'm not feeling it. (laughs) Jeremy danced too. I I do, but I just, my body is mad right now. Yeah. physical therapy I'm so. sorry but I'm Brandy tell out. us about the conference because that okay. is also upcoming and people need to register for it people need to know listen I have been for two years trying to figure out how to bring black women in the data industry together particularly mid-career so this is not for mm-hmm. the babies this is for people who have been reorged a couple times who mm-hmm. understand office politics who are trying to navigate their workplace presence <laughs> Mm. And we know how that is as black women. We're given multiple jobs um, without compensation and trying to figure out how to navigate it. And so this conference is a day and a half. It's um, October 1st and the 2nd in Atlanta or online. Um, Mm. You can join. Um, There's a charge for it because everyone's being paid. The speakers are being paid. The vendors are being paid. Everyone, as, uh, as, as of now, are all black women. Um, so the money is going directly to black women and this is really a professional development engagement. You will have a state of the black women in data addressed by me. Um, mm. and then we're moving on to a panel about data careers, paths and things. We'll have small group breakout sessions to talk through your data skills assessment, how you might want to pivot or upskill. What does that look like for you for you to get a plan an action plan? There'll be a workbook, um, that will Ooh. be provided. Um, in order to help guide you through that action plan and what does that even look like for you. Um, And then on the second day, oh, sorry, and then there will be a career coach that will be there just Mm -hmm. to kind of give you one-on-one, like just general information about career coaching and why it's important for us to be um, career coached. Um, And then day two is just going to be a half day, which is really the, the, the skills trainings. 
Um, and so right now we definitely have a Power BI training that is by this like amazing person. Um, and so yeah, all the details at, are at blackwomenindata.com. Check it out, join. And we will link to it as well. Register, tell your friends, come on through. We're going to have a DJ on Saturday morning. Yes, we going to. Can we, can we, we come? Going? Yes. Like, can we come? <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on with it. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not playing. Looking for sponsors. Let's go talk to some people. Yes. yes. I even have a doc that's going to go out that's just a template. So if you want to get your employer to pay for it, I'm going to provide you some words the to ask put letter. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, because come on with it. Come on with it. Come on it. down. Have some fun. If you'll enjoy. let us talk to some of your participants, you know, that might be a good opportunity for us to yes. have a Black Women in Data episode. Yes, come on through. It's all about amplifying Black women, amplifying whatever is your current hustle, your side hustle, your front hustle, your back hustle. <laughs> it oh don't gosh. matter. <laughs> cool come on through because i'm going to be championing the vendors i'm going to be championing the women who are speaking and whatever in whatever capacity they are comfortable with me doing because i'm like yes we all need to get coin yeah i love it brandy this has been amazing (laughs) we want to be respectful of your time so we will definitely wrap up but is there anything oh wait where can they find you on the internet we're going to link it as well but let them know uh, on the interwebs, you can find me on the Twitter, the bird app for now, CS Dr. <laughs> Sister. Um, if not, LinkedIn, my name, Brandeis Marshall. Um, and then, of course, BrandeisMarshall.com. You can check out what I'm doing. Link to all the other stuff. All right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so here. much. Thank you. This has been a blast. We need another half an hour, though. I'm telling you, you got a hard stop. We'll so I was back. like, we could keep you yeah. here, but we'll bring her I know back. you got to we'll go. Bring her back. We, we'll bring Just her back. Just bring me back. Just bring me back. You can come back closer to the conference. Talk some more about it. Ooh, I yes. love that. Yes. Let's make it happen, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm Midwest. Horny. Horny. <laughs> As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace. Thank you.